You know what, James? I might fall from a tall building and I might roll a brand new car because I'm the unknown stuntman that made Twim such a star. That's impressive. Hmm. The latest pop culture news with your hosts, James and Matt. Welcome to This Week in Metropolis. Good evening to one and all, and thank you for joining us uh, this week in Metropolis. And I'm, well, me and Matt are both delighted to be joined by stunt actor Rick English. Rick, thanks for joining us. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Good to, good to be here. No, really, really appreciate it. And we, we were just talking backstage about kind of Matt's um, pre-show ritual where he, uh, five minutes before, and if the, I'm sure previous guests will know this because they've um, been in your, your mm-hmm. shoes, Rick, with this now, but Matt, five minutes before every show, likes to go for uh, a little tinkle. Um, yeah. And Matt actually said, Rick, that he saw, I think, in a, in a pre-interview that you'd done um, about your, your pre-harness wheeze that you need to do um, yeah. when you're... <laughs> when you're <laughs> In the in the just just about to embark on another stunt um, from one of your many movies. Yeah, that's uh, that that's when uh, they forget that you're there and leave you hanging upside down in a harness or something for like a couple of hours at a time. So you've got a couple of hours. Well, <laughs> this and uh, and go ten one. We call it that's the radio speak for um, yes. Yeah, so we go ten one pre harness p php. Wow. <laughs> and I feel like this this ties in with my day because my, my son's going on a, my six-year-old son's going on a school trip today and I had to say to him don't be that kid George if you need to go for a wee before you go on this coach journey go for it beforehand <laughs> and he literally said to me it's okay dad I needed a poo this morning held it in William held it in all day <laughs> so maybe there's a career for him in, in the front man later down yeah, the line training but, now maybe yeah. We, we digress on to uh, that sort of crazy chat. But listen, for the viewers, I'm, I'm just going to reel off some of the kind of franchises, some of the films that yeah. when I was going through your credits, I mean, I'm not going to list them all, Rick, because there is a shit ton of them there. And oh, my God, if if you're an actor and you're looking at this, I mean, a part of me, I don't know about you, Matt, I think it makes me rather be, want to be a stunt actor to be involved in all of these films. Mm-hmm. Um Marvel, done it. DC, yeah. James Bond, Fast and the Furious, Star Wars, the Bourne movies, Harry Potter. It's not just all action. I mean, Harry Potter's a little bit action. Jurassic Park. There are so many. And uh, listen, absolutely loads more. Kingsman, which I know Matt absolutely loves. I mm. I feel really bad to say it. I've never watched any of the Kingsman movies. And my dad absolutely loves them and he tells me have you watched kingsman movies yet you really should they're fantastic yeah Um, the gentleman all these sorts um, when i was going through i was like oh my god (laughs) red sparrow like but it's not just the kind of doubling up as an actor you do the stunt driving as well there's there's so many different ways tell tell us and tell the viewers about your kind of your background where it got started um it started funny enough the um the little uh lyric um burst that you did before the uh before the titles is is pretty much where it started it was so amazing i love that program yeah i'm showing uh how old i am now you see by uh, by knowing exactly what what you were talking about <laughs> um yeah no i did grow up literally watching that was my favorite 
Pokemon TV. We're talking about the Fall Guy. No, um, I was going to about say that just for anyone who didn't get the reference. Yeah, so we're talking about the Fall Guy with Lee Majors that used to be on. It was like a, I think it was like a Saturday evening thing, or so. it was that kind of thing, wasn't it? When there was only like three or four channels and uh i just thought it looked like the best thing ever it looked like he had the best lifestyle and um it was it was <laughs> it wasn't exactly true to life it turns out but he was kind of chilling in his trailer or whatever and then they'd just like knock on the well, door and then he'd come out doing his, at his ranch I yeah. Think, wasn't it? yeah <laughs> yeah and then he'd just come out do a massive stunt go back to the trailer <laughs> whiskey nice girls and stuff and uh there was also a movie uh in the late 70s with um Burt Reynolds basically growing up Burt Reynolds was anything with Burt Reynolds in was like my favorite movie and he did a movie called Hooper um that apparently not a lot of people know these days but um it was a big movie when uh like like back in the day and he played a stuntman on there and there was a lot of famous stuntmen from the 70s and stuff that that had all cameos and did did all the stunts Mm -hmm. in that movie and the same it was just so cool it looked like um you know, it looked like a great lifestyle and something that I'd really like to do. So I remember writing in my exercise book when I was about seven or eight years old at school that that was what I wanted to do for a living. I want to be a stuntman. And my parents actually found it. They were clearing out their house a couple of months ago and they they showed it to me. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to really cool. uh, take a picture of this. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those things that then kind of gets put put aside. You know, it's a bit like if you tell your teacher you want to be a spaceman or uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, no yeah. Kind of set career path to follow to achieve that. And so I was always doing sports and stuff at school and I got into martial arts quite heavily and everything. And uh, I've, I've got a question for that actually, Rick. Is yeah. it true that you're trained in uh, Muay Thai, Kung Fu and kickboxing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I tried to do as much stuff as possible. To be honest, I started with like the white suit stuff when I was young, like the, yeah. the traditional karate stuff. And then um, I found it hard to, I don't know, it didn't really hold my attention. I, I like I liked it and I, I carried on with it for a few years. But then later on, I picked up like freestyle kickboxing. Mm. Um, and I really got into that, into the competitive aspect of it, as well as the, the more traditional stuff. Mm. And got my black belt in that and was also training full contact at the time. So I ended up doing Thai boxing as well. And then mm. Thai boxing kind of became my main martial art after that. And that's what I ended up teaching and um, and continuing on to this day. I still train Thai boxing. Uh, once I got onto the register, then I thought I should learn some more classical weapons just to make myself more versatile. And, um, mm. you know, um, so I, I, I studied Kung Fu at that time with um a guy called bob firma who was f- former um like uh, world weapons champion uh, for the forms like creative forms where they do all like cater to music kind yeah. of thing. and so he was very creative with all these different weapons and taught me a lot actually and uh and i, I continued with that as well and uh yeah I, same as anything i don't think you can ever know too much if you know what i mean it's yeah. nice to to draw from all these different things and then when you get jobs you can incorporate you know whatever whatever fits and whatever styles fit if you're experienced if you're only experienced in one thing you've only got one thing to draw from and everything ends up looking a bit the same but um mm. so and I, I, I read that you <clears throat> you moved down to london and become a personal trainer for kind of actors and directors and things like that yeah well it it, it was just it just where the gym was that i that i ended up working in um i moved down to london with a view to uh being a personal trainer martial arts instructor and but also i had one eye on getting into movies and stuff yeah Um, 
So I still really fancied doing that. But I, I thought I was going to be like the new Jean-Claude Van Damme. I thought I'd be like an actor who who could, uh, you know, do some fighting and star in my own movies and stuff. That was that was what was in my head. You know, if you move to London, you'll get spotted straight away. And uh, and that, that'll be the path <laughs> you'll take. Um, Did you keep doing the splits and uh, yeah. things like that? Just to... Yeah, exactly, in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the gym that I uh, the gym that I ended up working in was in Tottenham Court Road, which is uh, in the, in the West End of London. It's mm-hmm. sort of walking distance to Soho and the, and and yeah. the places where a lot of the production companies are based. And so we would get actors and directors uh, coming to the classes I was teaching and having private sessions with me. And then they started asking me to do bits and pieces of fighting for for projects that they had coming up. And so um, started doing that. And as soon as I I think as soon as I did my first day on set, I was like, okay, this is definitely what I need to do for a living. And so I, uh, you know, found, looked into getting on the British Stunt Register and then trained to do that with a view to being a full-time stunt performer. What was your very first job that, that you... As a, as a stunt performer? Yeah. Oh, well, you mentioned sort of, sort of fighting and, and so on. What was the very first gig that you walked onto that set? It's the first one I remember. I can't remember if it was actually my first job or not. We did a film which was a BBC film with, directed by Dom Anciano and Ray Burdis. And I'll remember the name of it. In- <laughs> 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 um, it was, oh my God, what was it? Love, Honor and Obey is what it was called. And it was okay. like a gangster karaoke film. Do you know it? I know. You well, know I've, I've got it written down. I've got. Do you really oh, know? There you go. I, I, but, research. But, but, but actually, <laughs> I've got that down as an. That didn't on IMDb. I'm, that's where I get my research from. But that had that down as an actor, not as a stunt double or anything. Yeah, like that. well, I, um, to be honest, and especially at that time in the UK, you weren't allowed to work as a stunt performer unless right. you were part of the. It, it was it was part of Equity at that time, the Equity right. Stunt Register. So you had to be a member of Equity, the Actors Union, and then you had to be in that certain branch that was reserved for professional stunt performers. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's quite strict criteria about joining uh, the, the British Stunt Register. There still is, which is why it's quite well-respected throughout the world, because people know anybody that has gone to the British Stunt Register has fulfilled a certain amount of, um, of disciplines and, and yeah. gone through so much training. Um, so at, at that time, I was employed to, to play a character uh, on, on that movie and just do a bit of fighting and play a character called Rick, funnily enough, uh, on that movie. <laughs> one of, uh, I think I was one of Reese fans or um, uh, not John, Pert- John Pertwee. Sean Pertwee, Sean Pertwee's um, body. Not, not um, Wurzel Gummidge. Not um, Wurzel Gummidge's body. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite old enough to have taken part in the yeah. I'd just love to see uh, John Pertwee in a gangster film. That would be um, quite, a, quite a combo, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, what is... quite a good gangster, but yeah, I'm not sure John is. Uh, not, not about John. What is the criterion? And you mentioned there's, there's sort of quite a strict criteria. Is there a checklist almost that you have yeah. to meet to? to register yeah uh literally if you want to get onto the british stamp register i'm not sure exactly what it is now obviously i've been on the register 23 years now or so um so it, it it's basically across six different sporting disciplines and you have to train in each of them and um, achieve a standard equivalent to kind of a black belt for martial arts wow. so um and they have to be across different areas of work as well they can't all be you can be like six martial arts 
it would have to be across martial arts and then strength and agility which might include um climbing or gymnastics and or riding and driving which would include horses cars motorcycles and they have to be spread across those different disciplines mm. and uh to be honest it's one of those things that it, it really takes a lot of commitment but also you tend to find that the kind of people that want to be stunt performers enjoy every aspect of their training you know for me it, i was training you know three or four different disciplines a day a lot of the time but i loved all of it you know I, mm. and i i kept most of it going as soon as i got onto the stunt register that wasn't the end of my training that was almost the start of my training i do i've done what i need to do now and now i'm, I'm going to do what i think i need to make my job uh, better and easier and make, make myself more employable the the interesting thing i mean i've seen some some pictures from sets that you've shared on instagram and things like that and and i'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more but me and matt huge batman fans mm. and you've been in not only have you been in the recent The Batman starring yeah. uh, Robert Pattinson, but you were also yeah. in the, the Christopher Nolan trilogy as well. But some of the pictures I remember seeing was there was kind of three, four, five different stunt people as Batman. And I, I think the what, the question I was going to have is, are you just all doing different bits or is that quite common? Because um not not in the in the batman movies i think i think maybe the picture you saw we were playing um the uh league of shadows um guys who had like um, right right urban ninja costumes and stuff on there's a picture i think shared from batman begins with christian bale in the middle and it's literally the the kind of fight team around mm. him and we all we all dressed him in, in black uh right, basically. Right. so it probably looks like we're all batman but um, at the beginning but, in the dark night that that scene where um people have started imitating oh that's that stuff yeah that was done in the states and so um i wasn't actually any any part of that but um well going back to your um like where where your question was headed um uh, most movies there will be more than one double for Mm. um, a character or for each character that um the main reason being that um that most movies are shot with a, a main unit and a second unit so the main unit is is usually concerned with most of the acting beats and have the the main cast on there and then the second unit are picking up stuff that doesn't require the main actors most of the time so it'll be Mm -hmm. the car chase the bike chase the fight the um you know um insert shots and and parts where you don't need to see the main actors then there'll be a whole sort of separate crew almost uh shooting those parts now the 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 reason i asked that rick is because i i was just thinking are there just looking at your credits yeah, there must be other stunt doubles going. For fuck's sake, Rick's got it again. <laughs> it, it, it's literally like it's huge movie after huge movie, and I just wondered yeah. whether there that, and that's why yeah. I kind of assumed that, right. like you said, you would have kind of more than one. Yeah, there, there, there are there are more than more than one uh, guy on there, and uh, yeah, with with something like Batman, that well, or any movie, sometimes. Um, it happens a lot more. What what used to happen in certainly in the seventies and when there were a much smaller group of stunt performers was that everyone was a lot more versatile and you would be brought into a movie as a character's double basically. And if the character has to ride a motorcycle, you're riding the motorcycle. If the character has to do a fight, you're doing the fight. If he has to jump off a cliff, you're jumping off a cliff. Um, th- these days, I think expectations of and the you know what what's needed in each part of that people are so much more used to through youtube and uh social media and everything else seeing people 
you know, who were highly skilled in these areas. And to then just put a stuntman who was, you know, slightly above average in all of those things in and expect him to, uh, you know, to impress the audience, um, they probably wouldn't cut it these days. So if they, a lot of times, there'll, there'll be a lot more specialists in these days. If there's something, you know, mm. if, um, if if a guy has to do a motorcycle backflip or something, there'll be a guy that comes in that's not a stunt, stunt man, but that's a guy that specializes particularly in that, that will come in and be the double for, for that day or whatever, for that one sequence or that one gag and whatever. And it happens you, a little bit more like that now. You mentioned in about kind of back in the 70s and 80s when there, there would have been kind of one, I don't know about you, Matt, that just makes me think of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's what sprung to mind, actually, yeah. when you said... Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. That look, yeah. It looks like such a great time as well, that yeah. whole... Um, maybe not the end, but the... James and I saw that in the cinema and we were so pumped to see it. Yeah. I remember we just watching all this film and thinking, not really anything's happened. And then that last... Just at the end. Five yeah. minutes, like, my God. Like, yeah. what, what? Yeah, that's so pretty crazy. But to be honest, the rest of the film, it's just cool. I just think it's got a cool kind of um, yeah. energy and vibe to it. Anything that's a little bit retro and 70s like that with a cool character mm. like uh, Brad Pitt portrayed in there is, um, yeah, it's really my cup of tea. I really liked it. I, I, I enjoyed mm. that movie. Plus, it's got Margot Robbie in it, and she? Yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> um, well you mentioned brad pitt there actually like yeah. he's he's someone i i know you've kind of doubled as in yeah. in previous films what um i, I yeah, guess what was he i think was um yeah yeah well, which is a few years ago now my, my question kind of linked to that is how difficult is it to get into a particular kind of shape how much preparation time do you have to get into a, a look or a shape depending on i mean i can't imagine question. you're going to be playing someone who's humongous <laughs> yeah it's a good question um there's a there's a, a when when i say i'm part of the british stamp register there is actually a physical book as well a physical mm. register and people tend to think of you as however you appear in there because there's a headshot a full body shot and couple of action shots in there and also your 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 sizes are listed in there so um pe people wouldn't choose a double if they were massively different in the book yeah. to what they needed for an actor so everyone's always um in, in you know in pretty good shape because we're training and keeping up our skills anyway uh, and so people have an idea of the kind of size that you're at but i remember when i first went for um for a meeting with that one, I was chatting to the costume guys, and I, I, because I know Brad Pitt goes up and down. I'm like, what, mm. what's, what's Brad looking like these days? This is back in 2011, I want to say, maybe about 12 years ago. And I said, what's Brad looking like at the minute? I said, is he, um, is he like Troy shape or is he more like Fight Club? Fight Club, yeah. <laughs> you know? And they said, oh no, they said he's smaller than Fight Club. Wow. <laughs> and so. Uh, yeah, because he's playing. He was playing obviously a journalist in there, and then part of it was meant to be during this whole zombie thing, and yeah, everyone's yeah. meant to be a bit emaciated, and food's not uh, that common uh, anymore. You know, it's not that easy to come by, and so it's quite lean. It was quite lean, yeah. Let's say so. I think I went down. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I was probably about just under thirteen stone at the time, which is wow. about about where I usually am. And then um, yeah. I think I dropped down to about eleven four and five or something um during prep and uh during yeah. filming just to, just to make sure i was a good a good match for brad because he, he trains really hard and works really hard on what he wants to look like so you know we owe it to the actors when we're portraying their physical um 
kind of the physical side of their characters to um to to do the same and to to make that, it as good cool as possible. That must have quite an impact on you though, having to drop yeah. to, to a lot lower than what you are, and then to still put out what yeah. you do in the stunts. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I just had to kind of adapt my training a lot. I dropped a lot of weight training out of it so that um, I lost a lot of sort of shoulder size and stuff. Um, but then even when you're keeping up tie boxing and stuff like that, you find that your shoulders suddenly blow up and uh, <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, yeah, it is It is quite difficult. But um, but yeah, like I say, the, the actors are doing the same. They're doing physical um, training and stuff as well for their roles and doing fight rehearsals, same as we are and everything. Yeah. So um so yeah, we all just kind of just just get through it and uh, yeah, just make right. it work. With um, sort of mentioning the actors, I sort of you, you hear quite often. Um, Tom Cruise loves doing all his own stunts and mm-hmm. things like that. Are there any conversations where I know, saying the director says we need a professional to do it, and the actor is saying, "Oh no, I can do that. that that's that's no oh, problem." Always, yeah, <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, yeah it, it's. It's it's a difficult conversation sometimes because um, some actors are super fine with it and understand that it's not necessarily about ability a lot of the time. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's a skill based thing that they need to be doubled for. Other times it's just that if we if we don't need them to do it, then why would you take a risk with the actor? Yeah. It could be anything. It could mm. be jumping off a four foot wall. Uh, if I roll my ankle or break my ankle. There's another me there in an hour's time. Yeah. Literally, somebody's putting your costume on as you're on the way to the hospital. Um, totally replaceable. The film carries on, and it's all good. If that's the lead actor, that's that's just happened to you. That's a massive problem. That's a multi-million yeah. dollar problem. Mm. That's a lot of people out of work, and a lot, you know, it, there's big repercussions for that. And so, the producers, usually quite rightly so. Uh, wary of how much the actor needs to do saying that um on the mission impossible franchise tom is probably the main producer and so um i'm jumping out the plane then tom's jumping out the plane and uh, and it's quite well documented isn't it with tom cruise i know he's had some serious injuries i know there was that one where he jumped to from between the one building to the other didn't he and done always it's just one of those things like i say if it happened to a stunt guy it would just be you know, no, nobody would would give it a second thought because because you know it doesn't impact on the mo- on the movie getting produced mm. at all. But it did hold them up for a few weeks there, you know. Um, and it's just the risk you take. But to be honest, the, for the amount of stuff that he does, he, he's he's got away pretty well. And there's a good team. Um, I've worked on you know quite a few of the missions. I used to be with that team quite a bit, and it's um it's Wade Eastwood who's been running the stunts on there for for quite a while and um he's very good at, at keeping tom safe and everything's prepped and um and tested and um and you just you just eliminate as, as many of the risks as you can you can't fully mm-hmm. eliminate it obviously otherwise it, it, it wouldn't be the same thing it would be a stunt yeah, yeah. Exciting. Like crazy, it? yeah. it's like anything i like watching motorcycle racing for me as well yeah. i don't want anyone to get hurt but just the fact that somebody could get hurt really adds to um, yeah. the, the kind of excitement of watching the whole thing, I think. I did see an interview where you, sorry, Jase, that you was talking about um, the Mission Impossible stunt on the motorbike, and you was watching, yeah. um, uh, I can't remember, it's sort of motorbike racing of some yeah. sort, and saw yeah. a really nasty crash and thought, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an yeah. thing, isn't it? That was the conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, yeah, myself, Wade, and the second-year director on that, uh, Chase, who was um, Greg Smurth, 
uh, American coordinator. We're all big MotoGP fans and we're all watching it at the weekend. And we knew there was a big motorcycle chasing that. It was all going to be sports bike based. And, uh, you know, you don't get to do it that often, the, these kind of racetrack type bikes and race racetrack type speeds. So, um, yeah, we saw this huge crash that was just captured perfectly by one of the camera guys and I got flicked over the bars and he was okay, but he, he, he didn't half come down and the bike goes tumbling mm. off and everything. And um, it's just something a little bit different and a bit more exciting than um, a, a lot of times it'll be a standard low side crash that gets rid of one of the baddies or something where literally the bike will just slip out from underneath him and he'll slide down the road. Um, so we thought if we can make something a bit more violent and a bit, you know, a bit more standout, um, yeah. and, uh, then it'd be cool. It'd add to the movie for sure. I, I actually saw a clip the other day. It was weird because I was at work and scrolling through LinkedIn and there was someone had shared it and I don't know what relevance this has to LinkedIn business. Oh, we, me and Matt work in recruitment, so I don't know how this, goes. but it was something about resilience or something like that. So maybe that was the link, but yeah. it was from a MotoGP um, race and this, this bike, like you said, went under the, the the driver. He kind of rolled. I feel like, is it kind of standard that you kind of bring your arms in, you in. Roll, yeah. roll with it? Yeah. Next thing you know, the guy jumped the. He got up, jumped the barrier, ran down to the pit lane. They had a bike waiting for him. He was back out again. Yeah. Mark Mark says in qualify. He did it again at the weekend. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing that, that happens when you see these guys um, crash. Is that they're looking first? They look for the bike, see if they can pick it back up. Um, sometimes they find there's one half of it over there and one half over there, yeah. so they kind of leave that and then <laughs> run, try and get a lift either back on the scooter or sprint back to the pits and, and get the spare bike and wow. jump straight up. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a different a different breed. Those guys. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's also it's, it's literally my favourite sport to watch. To be fair, looking at the list of your movies and James listed all the big sort of action ones. The ones that yeah. surprised me are things like Mamma Mia. Mamma for, Mia, for yeah. example, that's on there, and yeah. it's not when you, uh, you know, you think of stunts, you think in these big sort of action films. Yeah, how do stunts fit into films like that? I think Bridget Jones as well was was on there, yeah. and yeah, you know, what are the elements that require it's, your services? Yeah, it's things so. that you wouldn't really class as a stunt, um, as an as an outsider looking in kind of thing. You 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 probably would go, why the hell have they got stunt guys on there? I mean, Mamma Mia. Um, it's a shame actually we had a really nice sequence on there i doubled for stellan skarsgård on there who's one of the three uh potential dads what's what's funny actually is that in my career i've doubled for all three of those guys at one point or another each of the three potential dads or whatever the, i've honestly never actually seen the film i know the gist no, I've watched it <laughs> <laughs> I've each one of those guys and they're all amazing but um i doubled stellan skarsgård on there and it was basically i think he was meant to be in turkey or something like that and he's and he's uh you first see him and he's on a motorcycle and then he's buying a carpet or something and then he like rides up to the harbor and then jumps on the boat from there well we had a whole sequence it was like an indiana jones type thing so um, we filmed the first half in morocco and i had to literally ride this motorcycle i think it was a yamaha xt500 i had to ride this motorcycle in a big sun hat and sunglasses and everything through the Medina Square in Marrakesh. I don't know if you've ever been yeah. to Marrakesh, but it's I've like been the most, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most hectic place. In yeah. It wasn't locked off. It was just open with with traders and snake charmers yeah. and 
guys trying to put a monkey on your shoulder. Put a monkey on you, yeah. Riding along there. They said, just ride diagonally from one side to the other as fast as you can, and we'll just film it from Easy. Up on one yeah. of the <laughs> Wow. I think everybody in the whole square wanted to kill me uh, by the end of filming. But anyway, we did that part. <laughs> then we went to Greece. I think we were at one of the Greek islands. We went to, to film the second part of the chase up to the docks. And it was a whole thing where we went through the dockyard and it was like a pallet getting lowered on a crane. And we had to just go underneath it and it would slam behind us. And then a car pulling out, we had to swerve around it and a truck pulling out and underneath and all this kind of um yeah sort of little running the gauntlet kind of deal and then as we got to the end of the pier i literally slid the bike to a stop jumped grabbed the rope swung and onto the uh onto the boat it was a really cool sequence i think it got got completely decimated in the in the final edit they obviously decided it was a bit gratuitous (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of it probably was What's they that? probably couldn't. They probably couldn't think of an ABBA song that they could put yeah. to it. So they thought, "No, we do. We're yeah, not getting no. any royalties. We'll leave that out." No, I can't think of one either. I'm not <laughs> into anything. But a lot of the guys on there were doing stuff like there was a lot of stuff going on on rooftops and swinging on ropes during certain um, songs and that. So that's what a lot of the guys were doing. The same on Mamma Mia too. I think guys were doing flips off they of the boat. They did a second one. I, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't work on it. It was a. It was a different stunt coordinator and everything. But um, um, but yeah, a bunch of the guys went out to um to work on that. And anywhere where there's something slightly hazardous, like even if they were filming a boat and they need somebody at the top of the mast or something, you know, in yeah. the nest or something like that, they'll they'll put a stunt guy in there. You just need somebody sensible that you've worked with before that's accustomed to um the the safety procedures and, and everything that's got to take place because that's the thing you as a stunt performer you're not only responsible for yourself you're responsible for the safety of everybody on mm. set you know if i'm crashing a bike then we have to make sure there's nobody else going to get hurt it's one thing make sure i don't get hurt we've got to make sure there's no camera people no mm. um, extras no background no nobody uh in in the way of anything uh hazardous you know anything that could hurt anybody so We've had um, a couple of questions coming in. One of them is one that I was keen to ask as well, but um, friend of the show and um, last week's guest, actually, who kindly joined us is uh, Highland G. Um, he wants to know, what's your favourite stunt that you had input into, how it played out, and what aspects did you add? That's a good question, actually. We almost answered that with uh, with the Mission Impossible um, bike high side kind of thing, really. It's... Um, it happens a few times like that that um, the, the coordinators will come up with. A lot of the time, I think people don't realize how much input the second unit director or stunt coordinator have into how a sequence comes out, certainly fight sequences and stuff like that as well. Sometimes on the script, all the stunt coordinator or second unit director will receive on the script, it'll, it'll just say the two fight or something, or the guy <laughs> fight and shoes, you know, and and so yeah, and uh, obviously there'll have been meetings and stuff, and we will, we'll, you know, it will have been decided exactly what has to happen um, in that, and which guy has to win, and that mm. they want this moment of jeopardy, or they want this guy to be on top, or he has to lose his gun at some point, and blah blah blah. There'll be certain story points that have to be in there, but um, yeah, it it is nice when um because we're involved in that process from quite early on we'll usually these days shoot um a previs they'll call it a previsualization which is literally shooting um the movie 
before we shoot the movie uh, or mm. a version of just on, um, you know, handheld cameras and stuff uh, between the stunt guys. A lot of the times, uh, if you've ever seen any of these previews on uh, social media, the guys have shared once the movie's out, then you'll see a lot of cardboard boxes all around. Everyone always builds the sets out of cardboard boxes because <laughs> you, you, you kind of paint it out in tape on the floor and then you'll, you'll stack boxes to make the right dimensions for the room and everything. You don't want to choreograph a fight that takes place in a massive room with 50 guys and turn up on set and it's like a shoebox to fight in you know so um <laughs> and at that stage that's when we can say hey i could um you know i think i could take my legs out and i could land on my back and do this and go down the stairs or whatever and and that's what kind of happens but i think i think yeah i guess the the mission one was a stunt that i'd always wanted to do really was kind of high side a bike a sports bike at, at a fairly decent um speed mm. and uh I guess link, link to was link. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, how fast was that? that you 85 k's it was, wow, which is that's... 54 miles an hour, 50 something miles an hour. Which mm. it doesn't sound that sound that quick, especially when you see the um, the, the OTP a... boys going down. But if yeah, if you were to drive down the road in your car and open the door at that speed and have a look at jumping out um, and jump out <laughs> you definitely hesitate i'm going to write that on my to-do list tomorrow on the way to work <laughs> please um, don't anybody do that please don't. Yeah. um I, I guess link, link to that question rick how much interaction you know when you're doing all that sort of choreography of a stunt and things like that how much interaction does the person you're doubling as or the main star of the movie have do you have quite a lot of interaction with them yeah, I, I like to. Um, mm. I, I always I always said this to Rob on on the Batman was anytime we were working stuff out and um, working out some fight beats or whatever. Then um, along with the with the the fight coordinator and the stunt coordinator, we'd all be there having discussions. But I always said to Rob that it, it's it's your character, so you watch what we're we're doing. And if you think yeah. I don't I don't want to stamp on the guy's head at the end, you know, it, it, it's his character at the end of the day. And so everything we do, we can put forward our interpretation of what it is. But at the end of the day, it has to fit with his vision for how that, that character is going to be portrayed. And I thought it worked particularly well in, in the Batman and um, everything was quite, um, quite kind of brutal uh, violence, mm. which is the way that Rob wanted it we also wanted some technical stuff in there and um rob alonso who was the um the second unit director on there is very experienced in the sort of filipino martial arts and um, jkd and a lot of technical fighting kind of stuff and so between the two things with that incorporated with tie boxing techniques and stuff you could show that the character was, was trained but also that he was you know had this kind of savage uh, edge to everything that he was doing and brutal edge to it and i thought it worked pretty well and uh and rob did a, a great job and it seemed to fit in with with what he wanted for the character so you could almost feel i find in that film you could almost feel the punches like watching it it was really like, like almost a thud you get you could feel yeah. them hit and i love the scene when he comes up in the uh elevator and it's almost like a strobe effect when oh yeah Towards yeah, that's funny. that that was such a challenging sequence i've got to be honest um yeah the the only thing illuminating any of the the, the characters the the thugs and the batman in that sequence yeah. was muzzle flash there was literally no external lights no wow. cheating with anything so um <laughs> yeah it, it was I, I don't even know if we'd be allowed to do it these days actually there were blank firing weapons up obviously but that such close proximity to to other performers with fully automatic blank firing weapons 
Um, and after, obviously, you know, the tragic accidents that have, that have mm. happened the last couple of years, I don't know if we'd be allowed to actually do that anymore. We'd have to find... Mm. They do have um, things these days like LED guns, which um, which emit muzzle, muzzle flash, um, but without a charge and without any explosive. Kind of thing. But um, yeah, it was one of those things where we had to rehearse it and rehearse it and go through it with the armorer and the coordinator and all the performers. And you had to show exactly where each weapon would be at each gunshot. And so I would pull the guy's arm across and it would be bang, 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 bang. And you had to look where every person was and uh, which, which direction it was pointing which direction the, the shells would be ejected from and we did that for every single move of of that whole fight sequence and then just before we we're about to go we'd have another rehearsal uh in the uh at full speed with the lights still on and then literally i would find where the guy's gun was or whatever and then they would turn the lights off and it was pitch black now you literally couldn't see your hand in front of your face and then again i would reach find the guy's gun Rehearse my first move, guys, guns here. Okay, three, two, one, action, boom, grab the gun, he fires, pop, 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 and we'd go through it um, all like that. But it, it was really challenging, and I just thought it was something a bit different uh, when it when it mm. came out. Uh, mm. I especially liked the way they put it in the in the trailer because it had like a, a, a real kind of BT soundtrack and stuff with it yeah. kind of um, punctuating the, uh, the, uh, the 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 soundtrack in the in the trailer there and uh, yeah I was really pleased the way it came out it was only a short a short thing but it only needed to be I think it just yeah. um, just told the story in a slightly different way to just you know jumping out of the elevator and then bashing a few guys up kind of thing so that was good nice and different Rick do you I mean you saying all this stuff just kind of blows my mind I'm sure Matt it's the mm -hmm. same you just think wow you do, you don't realize all of this stuff that probably goes into it yeah. in the detail that you said. Do you sometimes have to take a bit of a step back and go, "Oh my God, I was yeah, that's me, <laughs> yeah, a bit it, of a pinch is, me sort of moment." Yeah, it, it is, and it's at the weirdest times as well that you'll do that. Um, yeah, because because you, you don't realise and you end up just so engrossed into what you're doing and just mm. concentrating so much on what on what you're doing, and then you know you'll be hungry and you'll be thinking, "What time's lunch?" or "What time am I getting out of here?" and you don't realize that you you know you sat on the steps of the Millennium Falcon or something moaning about what time you want to go home, and mm. uh, you, you don't know <laughs> how many people would kill for a glimpse at what what you're doing right yeah. now or to to you know to to be in part of that world. And you do have to sit back and think how fortunate we are to have found something that I really like doing and to be able to have made a, a career out of it. But it, it is the the weirdest thing sometimes, even if you just go ten one or pre harness p and uh, and just catch a, a look at yourself in the mirror or something and it's you know the batman costume or ghost right whatever it is one yeah, of these yeah. and you think wow i'm really you know i'm, I'm really doing this now and it's um it, it, it is very cool if you actually take the time to sit back and look at it but i, I don't think we do often enough at all no uh, it's probably something that you'll look back on at yeah. the end of your time I think once, once you decide is i mean as a stunt actor is there a time when you think my body can't take this. You know, sports athletes, they get to a certain age, depending yeah. on what the sport is, where they go, you know, that I'm done now. My body can't keep up with this. But yeah, then, in, in a sense, is there kind of different types? I mean, we've mentioned Mamma Mia, but I guess a stunt is a stunt, isn't it? I can only do Mamma Mia 3 now. That's <laughs> out the window. Headline um, news. Or you'll be in um, casualty as yeah. old man number four. Oh, um, who's falling down the stairs or something but, like that? Believe me, I've done all, all sorts of that kind of stuff. I actually enjoyed doing <laughs> those days. Um, 
it's it's just as much fun and it and it's exactly the same feeling going and doing a day on casualty or the yeah. bill it always used to be when I first got oh, on the, I love the bill. day on the bill or a couple of days on the bill. It's great. It was it's yeah. just great fun and and all those shows always are and they're so appreciative of everything that you do as well i, I really like doing those um in between the runs on movies but um there's pros and cons to both um i'm trying to think what the original question was that i got sighted. is there a longevity oh, longevity to the career yeah sorry um yeah the def there definitely is um to be honest most of the guys that i came through with are now sort of looking at coordinating and assisting mm -hmm. assistant coordinator and stuff so they're more pointing at the guys where to fall and uh yeah. you know pointing at where they want him to fly and stuff whereas I, I can't i can't leave it i've i've uh i got into this to to perform and um and i'm gonna just carry on as, as long as i can i think you have to be a bit sensible later on right now there's nothing that i wouldn't do now that i was doing 23 years ago um you know it's still if someone called me to get hit by a car fall downstairs brilliant I, honestly i love it I, I do I do love it. I, I, I promise you. I and the harder the better. The more of a challenge, the, the better for me. Um I'm, is there I, anything you'd say absolutely not to yeah. yourself to? Yeah, the only time I would say not not to stuff is if it's something that was super specialist, you know. If there was like a hundred and twenty foot cliff dive, they've got Red Bull guys that do that stuff. There's guys on the stunt register that have come from that background of doing mm. that there's better guys that can do that you know not not many of the stunt guys would turn down opportunities but but also you you've got to choose the best person for the for the job to be honest and uh so only in in that kind of respect really um everything else comes down to just technique and as long as you've got the experience to to pull it off and keep yourself and everyone safe then um i don't think there's many guys that would say no to anything that they have the capabilities of doing it's just you know if it was a horse riding job for example i i, I wouldn't take it i i haven't ridden a horse for 10 years i think it's not it's not my bag i'm not big into horses i can ride just about probably but um but, but why use me when there's so many talented guys out there who have literally been riding since they were two years old and riding every day same as i do with the motorcycles you know i've been riding since i was little and literally i ride every day and so um, I would be more likely to to be asked to do something like that. I actually um, done a skydive for the first time last year. So, um, you know, count me that's, in. That's uh, if there's any the jumps that you tinks. don't want to do. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's, uh, that's guy. Um, <laughs> as long as there's another guy attached to me. Uh, or female, or female. Never you know, know. Tom Cruise things. might need a passenger next time. You, or never, you never know. <laughs> no. Now, I, I appreciate usually about this point we um, would would move on to the anniversary spread, but there's there's some questions coming in. Yeah. Are, are you happy for us to go through a couple of them, Rick? Yeah, yeah, of course. Time? Yeah. Um, yeah well, one one that I saw on there um, from our good friend Shane at Dawn of Comics. He um, he said he watched Fast X this week, which. Matt is a huge Fast and Furious fan. Um, no, really? well, this, this... Well, I must admit, every film that comes out, I become less of a fan. If I <laughs> Starting at the beginning, awesome. Um, yeah. Waning a little yeah, bit they've, now. They've definitely changed, for sure. Yeah, but, um... but, but Shane says Rick must have had some fun doing some of them insane stunts on uh, the Fast films. Uh, yeah, to be, to be honest, I didn't do that much on on the last. I'm trying to think which one, whether it was ten or not. I'm I'm so confused. I don't think I, I actually nine. On. I According think according to in. IMDb, yeah. you did do Fast X, and um, which was the last one. Oh, I did. I did. What am I yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, I haven't had time to watch any. I don't think I've seen any of them since number eight. I think was the last one I saw. Um, or 
seven and a half. I, I don't know one of those, but um, <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of the time, those things are either filmed in the States or uh, I think one of them that we did was filmed in like Hawaii and stuff, some, some parts of it or mm. something like that. And so a lot of the time, some of the prep, what happened was that um, we ended up prepping a lot of the vehicles in the UK and rehearsing a bunch of stuff so that it was all ready to go for the right. guys when uh, when they went out there. Cool. So I didn't actually do that much on screen on some of those movies. We did a lot more on ones like number number six that was filmed in, uh, in London and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they're always good to work on, to be honest. It's it's a bit the same as working on like Michael Bay movies. You know, it's not going to be like necessarily a, a groundbreaking uh, piece of cinema in terms of storyline and changing people's lives and stuff. But, you know, you're going to be doing big action. Very entertaining. Just, right? Yeah, gratuitous yeah. action and explosions and crashes and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, they, they are um, they are great to work on. You always get to um you know get to have a play with some nice uh nice automobiles and, and mm. stuff but um but yeah we, uh, it's more of an uh, american franchise the the the, the fast franchises and mm. so um i say we have we have done bits and pieces on the on the last few over here but um, more in terms of prepping stuff for for going abroad and stuff so okay and we've Is got so much on, sorry james just a question that came to mind thinking of those films I and mean, there's lots of of uh, cgi i guess in in those sort of films as well yeah. looking at the, the insanity of some of the, the action how does uh, have you been on many sets where it is uh, there's a lot of green screen and and sort of how does that affect your you know uh, what you've said about so far it seemed like quite a lot of practical yeah you know you're in an environment and you're you're doing that thing whereas if you're in a green screen but you still have to do a stunt how does that change the yeah it's a good question um yeah sometimes you'll you'll have to get warned by um uh, by the coordinator or by somebody that you've just stepped somewhere with that you shouldn't have stepped or you can't <laughs> go that far because there's this monster there or, or whatever it is um, that green box is a monster <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll tell Don't you what's really <laughs> interesting we did a film called jupiter ascending oh, uh, oh it was a wachowski uh movie back in I don't know when that was 2012 yeah and and they had a lot of cgi characters in that and it was technology that I'd, I'd seen for the first time on there really where we had a monitor there and the usually the person portraying the the cgi character will be wearing like a mocap suit you'll see in the sort of gray suits with the yeah. tracking markers all over yeah. and stuff so there'd be a performer wearing that and then they'd be interacting with obviously the real actors or the real characters and um we had a, a monitor at the side and you could look at that and you could see in real time what the act what the creature is actually going to look like on the screen wow. and it was pretty crazy so uh you could tell the distance that you had to keep because because he had a big head or a big you know yeah yeah makes it a bit head. easier yeah and that was pretty crazy and we had a lot of that kind of stuff on um uh, men in black four as well there was the same sort of thing where you know we'd have um things to portray the size of certain characters i think i had to dive off a balcony or something and and grab onto another character and we had like a big green sausage thing <laughs> like a big green <laughs> kind of thing representing the other character and so, yeah. then, so you didn't obviously put your arms through the character or anything yeah, yeah. And it's things like that that you just have to really sort of suspend your disbelief and uh, yeah, yeah yeah just go with it and just 
act like it is the the character there and everything and yeah it has changed a little bit in that respect people have always said recently that uh, our job was going to go away because of cg and stuff they won't need stunt guys anymore but i think people can still tell and i think yeah. people still like the jeopardy that we were talking about if you roll a car off a hill with nobody in it that's a different thing to if you've got a guy in there strapped in with a cage who's yeah. driving that thing off of there and and you know really putting putting it on the line mm. for the movie and i think mm. people appreciate it same as with jackie chan movies everyone liked watching the outtakes and uh and seeing you know what what went into those sequences and mm, how yeah. it could all go wrong and how he's on the edge and so i think i think it's good that we keep that and a lot of the cg actually helps us these days you can um, get away with set elements of safety that they can then mm -hmm. take out afterwards you know they can remove wires or pads or soft pieces or, or or whatever you need to put in there to to keep people safe and then they can remove that afterwards um in in post with with you know the, the computer generated mm -hmm. imagery so a couple of quick fire questions yeah. um connie has asked us what is your uh favorite project um, or best experience that you've ever had worked on is, has there been one that stood out to you still today that you go if that that was the one that i just enjoyed the most yeah there's there's so many i always think when when i'm on jobs i'm always like okay this is the one now this this is everything and then something else will come along and i'm like oh mm. man this is so cool and you know mission uh five was a, a great job for us like say working with these amazing uh motorcycle riders that mm -hmm. i'd looked up to as professional riders and then we got to become friends and same with the drivers that we had on there a lot of professional drivers on there and world champions and everything and we're all good friends now and we all hung mm -hmm. out and that was a real dream job going to the racetrack every day rehearsing and uh, you know rehearsing with tom and just putting so much time on the bikes and then going over and actually filming that stuff in the atlas mountains was just crazy that was great um i did ghost uh, ghost rider too yeah uh, back in 2010 and again that was a dream job for me a character that i loved loved nick cage everything about what's it what's he like did you get to meet him so and everything cool. oh yeah no yeah yeah we we have out quite a bit um yeah oh, no he's incredible absolutely just exactly as you would imagine um yeah amazing just way too cool just um i love yeah. the ghost rider films i think they're great yeah, uh, they mm. didn't get the best, um, the best kind of press and stuff. It, it, they, uh, they tend to be the ones that me and Matt like the most. The ones that didn't get the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the best reviews. It's very true. It was one of the best experiences for me, though. I mean, because I, I like to do a variety of stuff. Uh, although these days, a lot of people know me more for motorcycle stuff. Mm. I love bikes. Don't get me wrong, but my background was in fighting and and yeah. motorcycles and driving and. And all this stuff and anytime that i get to do a bit of everything then that's a great job for me and ghost rider was like that for me i got to do a bit of everything and i loved it and the same with the batman um you know got to ride the bike drive the car do the fights the explosions the wire work um all, all of this stuff and it, it made it feel like a, a complete kind of job for me you know it had a bit of everything it's almost like five jobs in one and and that's what i really uh enjoy so and, and then the Kingsman that you we were talking about before. I know you haven't seen it there, James, but um, <laughs> the Kingsman movies are a lot of fun because, again, you're doing something different. It, you mm. feel like this isn't just the run-of-the-mill stuff they're doing before. The fight sequences that we did were all pretty innovative. Same with when we did Inception. Um, you know, we knew we were doing something slightly different, especially because we didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> in the story. <laughs> And so Watching the we, film really yeah. don't. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> dream, within a dream, within a dream. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we didn't understand it when, when we got the our pages of the script and uh, still didn't understand it when I saw the movie. Yeah. But um, but it was a great movie to be part of. And again, we did different stuff in there, you know, fighting in different environments and, uh, you know, a weightless environment and the rotating corridor mm. stuff and all that. Just doing doing that stuff was just amazing. Looking back on it at the time, you, you don't appreciate stuff like we were talking about before. Um, but I've had some amazing times and um, I've been really lucky to to work on all those things, you know. We've, we've talked about all the um, amazing times. Um, yeah. Highland G wants to know about the worst times. He wants to know yeah. what's the worst injury <laughs> and how long did it take to recover, which I imagine is, is I, I, want to, I don't want to say too frequent because you're trained at what you do, but you know, yeah. it can happen. It does happen, yeah, a lot. But to be honest, the, the, the injuries that... That, that you get and not what people would expect i think um i consider stunt guys to be similar to athletes similar, similar to professional athletes and we end up with the same injuries you know you'll twist knees twist ankles soft tissue injuries overuse injuries stuff like that a lot of a lot of cuts and bruises obviously i've had stitches god knows how many times and been i used to <laughs> uh, a few of the performers always said that i had a magnetic head because any anything going anywhere would hit me in the head and just bust <laughs> my head open every drop right. uh, somewhere at, at one point or another would end up with a busted open head um so there's all there's all that kind of thing the 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 bigger more serious injuries are a lot a lot more rare to be honest and they don't tend to happen actually on set it tends to be either in rehearsal mm. or um or, or when you're rehearsing your own skills you know a lot of my uh motorcycle based injuries have been when i've been pushing myself in, in in practice you know myself practicing my own skills and learning something new and pushing harder and faster and you know further than before and and that's when it'll, it'll bite you and uh and you'll you end up with injuries but i don't tend to break a lot of bones to be honest i've done uh don't, you know, don't say that not now i, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I do other <laughs> stuff don't get don't get me wrong uh but um yeah it, it's always for for motorcyclists especially when they're when the motorcycle injuries it's always knees or wrists or mm. collarbone type um shoulder injuries and stuff and uh and the same doing crashes if 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 you're crashing a motorcycle into something it, it's rare that you'll get away completely unscathed and also mm. if you're crashing and going to the ground it's very rare you'll get away completely unscathed um usually a bit of road rash because you, you've done it so many times that you know the areas to protect and you know how to protect yourself and what to loosen on the bike and what to protect in the environment to, to make sure that it's as safe as possible and that goes for the whole job you, all you can do is use your experience to to make everything uh as safe as it can be but it can never be 100 percent safe but i've been all right with with injuries to be honest i've had the same as everyone else knee ligaments shoulders wrists yeah. stuff a lot of stitches a lot of cuts and bruises some big bruises well um, stay safe rick that's what we're yeah. saying stay safe because you're <laughs> incredible at what you do <laughs> I've got one final question. What yeah. is the be best souvenir you have had from any of the shoes? Oh, I don't know if I can tell you. Um, I was going to say official or unofficial. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to make like crop home and things like that. I've got the full home costume. Yeah. The, the oh, I wish. Everyone, um... <laughs> everyone that I, I did all stuff like that is so closely guarded by Warner Brothers or Harry Potter or whoever. I remember when we did Harry Potter four. I think it was Harry Potter four, one of one of the Harry Potters, and we had these. We were playing Death Eaters, and we had these yeah. crazy um, silver, like metallic masks 
um they were war and they were worth insane amounts of money well they're, they're irreplaceable to be honest once they've been yeah. in the movie especially and yeah, yeah. yeah they used to get uh, on set as soon as you finished on set and you walked off the set there was literally someone there to take them lock them in this special vault kind of thing that they had and the same with your wands you used to have to sign your uh, your wand <laughs> sign your wand back into the armorer and then they would um, put it right. away lock it away in the case so those things didn't go missing um no i i, I don't i don't like um to be honest i don't deal with stress very well in terms of um i would always be looking at my shoulder if i thought i'd, I'd start yeah, yeah 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 and so um to be honest i have got a few things that people have given me i've got a helmet from um that i did a crash in that didn't actually make the edit in ghost rider and the director signed the visor for that point both the directors neville dean and taylor signed that for me and so i've got that in the cabinet here um i've also got the helmet that i crashed on in mission impossible five in here signed by tom um wow. as well, a very cool thing to have um and i have a replica of the cowl from the batman that um that a, a very kind gentleman over in i think he's based in mexico that makes costumes and stuff um sent to me um and it's such an exact replica that honestly if you handed it to me on set i would just put it on without um Thinking, without yeah. without realizing yeah it's so mm -hmm. good and that's just nice again to have in my office and stuff i, I like i like stuff like that i used to always collect bits of motorcycle as well every time i've done a crash i have like in fact i've got a, i've got a clutch lever from the the bike on ghost rider as well which is kind of special because it's it's kind of um decorated by art department to have all this molten kind of metal and stuff oh, nice. and it snapped off when i crashed the bike and so um so i have that, Put that in your pocket yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> um one, one last question from me. Yeah. Um, we actually had, probably three weeks ago now, we had the UK Foo Fighters on the show, who obviously they are the biggest cover band of the, the Foo Fighters in the UK, and, and we're lucky enough to go and see them at, at the end of this year we're going. Um, we asked them if, if we were going to be, if they were to compare us to um, another artist of thoughts, they guessed who we would be. I want to ask you, Rick, who would okay. we be good doubles for in the world of acting? Good question. You can be as impolite as you want. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. It could be Jason Statham. Um, let, me, let me see. Be kind. Uh, be kind. I'm trying to think. I'm so, I'm so terrible uh, at looky likeies. We do, we do it at work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking of doubles for people. Um, let me say you can be you can be Sean Bean actually maybe oh, yeah. younger Sean Bean younger yeah, Sean I Bean like that. and then <laughs> I don't know you do remind me of somebody um, Matt actually I'm trying to think uh, I'm trying to think who Billy it, Zane uh, um, oh yeah that's, yeah, that's not Billy a bad Zane would be a bad yeah, one Billy now Zane's would it. Fun. Yeah, we'll go with that because I can't. I can't think off the top of my head. <laughs> well, listen. Um, I, I feel, and I know Matt will agree, but we appreciate your time is uh, valuable. So you need your, your sleep as well. But we could talk to you for ages, Rick. Um, honestly, there, there's so many films that we haven't even touched upon, which are huge films. But also, again, with kind of the the stunt driving as well, which is another whole kind mm. of area, which. Is a specialism um so we'd love to have you back on the show yeah, you know, late, 
later when like Matt said, like in years, years to come when it's all kind of come to an end. Yeah, no, don't we're worry. Still, we're still going. <laughs> Not your life, obviously. We, we hope that's still going strong. But, yeah, um, Ricky's yeah. uh, fat and drunk. Uh, like yeah, we were talking about for. Yeah. Uh, have you got time, Rick, for a quick game of anniversary spread? Of course mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah, 100%. Well, let's, yeah, um, let's, let's run the video. Anniversary uh, spread. That's right, the dulcet tones of our friend James T. Keegan there. Um, <laughs> everyone knows um, the rules to the game. I've explained to Rick pre-game. Um, oh, Connie. Sorry, I've just seen Connie in the comments for Matt's doppelganger well, here. I was actually. Harry Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I appeared on the Harry Hill show, actually. I didn't double Harry, though. I doubled Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting Harry Hill. Oh, um, my God. That, that was your was... dream then, wasn't it? Because oh, you said you wanted was... to be Jean-Claude yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, and I ended up on <laughs> Harry Hill. There you go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Connie has just apologised. It was actually Peter that said it first. We couldn't do comments. First anyway, time. we move on. As you know, we've got five things that are celebrating their anniversary today on the 20th of June. Uh, it's still the 20th of June. We've only got a couple of hours left, but it's fine. Um, the, these guys, Matt versus Ricky on this and it will be who is closest to the year over the five things so because because we've got rick english on the show we have got five movies there was a ton of movies on this date that i could have picked from but i've picked some absolute belters here oh no Rick, as you are the guest, you yeah. get to go first. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But well, hey. I don't know if it is or not. I could have just copied <laughs> his, his answer and then I wouldn't have been a million miles away, I think. We're but, going uh, with it. So we're kicking uh, off with you, good. Rick. So you've got to guess okay. what year this film came out in. Okay. It's one, I'm sure you'll know it. Batman and Robin came out on okay. this day. Right. So let me think. I'm going to say Batman and Robin was... If you're watching the show, please get your guesses in the chat. I'm going to say 94. Okay. Matt? Hmm. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I, I think you're very close to that. I'm going to say 95. Okay. It's, it's keep, got to be around that sort of keep time. It, keeping it close. Yeah. I can reveal that Batman and Robin came out in 1997. So, Rick, you were three out. Matt, you were two out. So, close on the first one. We switch over now. So, Matt guesses first. Then it goes back to you, Rick. Big one, Matt. Another big one. Carry on camping. Carry on camping. (laughs) What was the year? What was the year? It came out today. But on what year? Who knows? Well, um, I know it's written down here. 1973. That's exactly what I was going to say. It? You can pick the same year. It's it's, it's well, perfectly man. sensible to do. Yeah. Um, God, and I'll say 75, but um, but I I, I was going to say 73 as well. Say 70 if you want to say 73. It's not a problem. Um, if you want to. What are you going for? I Rick? think it's a it's a later one. It's it's I'm gonna say I'll say 75, one. but I th- I think it's earlier than that. Okay. I can reveal Carry On Camping came out in nineteen sixty nine. 
you're plus six on that one so you go up to plus nine matt you were plus four so you're on plus six there's only three in it still yeah. tight at this stage we move back to you rick okay three to go oh another belter here you would love this film as well oh, karate kid two karate kid two Ooh. what a film <laughs> what a film right um it's so difficult that time period. Um, I'm gonna say 87. Matt, have you heard of the film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that film. Um I'm gonna say 86 is what I was thinking. A great year, Matt. I think the first year. one was about 84, is my reasoning. It was around then, so probably a couple of years after. Okay, I can reveal. Karate Kid 2 was released on this date in 1986. Direct hit for Matt. And a great year. A great year. I don't know why. I don't know if someone why? was born that year, but whatever. <laughs> um, so you move, you're only one out, Rick. So you move on to plus 10. Matt, you you stay on plus six. We flip back to you, Matt. Can you believe all these films that I've mentioned so far, all on the mm. same date as well, just different years? Wait for this one. Jaws. Oh my god. Same date. I'm Not going familiar. first. You're first on this one, man. Yeah. Um, I think that is 1977. Hmm. Okay. I thought it was before that, but I'm probably completely mm. Um, go your gut, Rick. Whatever you feel. Whatever yeah. Whatever came in your head first. Is... I'll let Matt's guesses disturb what you're thinking. No. I, I've lost I'm consistently um, this game Happy. for oh, many, many weeks. Yeah, so, you'd yeah, you'd have to be like me. 15 years out to lose today. I'm gonna <laughs> say... <laughs> so I'm going to go. I have to go the other direction. I'll say 74, but I think, I think I've lost again. In in the comments, we got 73, 75, and 79. So there's quite a mm, variation in this one. <laughs> I didn't see the comments. I should have had it. <laughs> yeah. They're all Googling. Um, anyway. 74, did I say? I think. You said 74. I can reveal Jaws Dana, was released Dana, in 19. Seventy-five. So one out, Rick, again. Well so you move on to plus 11. Matt, you were two out, so you move on to plus eight. So only mm, three All to play it. for still. <laughs> Matt is currently leading, which means he goes first, because then you'll know, Rick, you need to be four either right. side of whatever Matt like guesses yeah. to win. The film, Matt. I always end on a bit of a doozy, because it's one that no mm. one really is aware of. But annoyingly, yeah. today there was loads of good films, so... And this is probably the best of them all. Uh-huh. Matt, the film. Hollow Man 2. <laughs> best of them all. What was the year? Oh, my God. They made it too. <laughs> Hollow Man 2. Oh. 1997. I just have no idea. Have you seen the first one, Matt? No, I've not seen either of them. I have seen the first Kevin Bacon. No. Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon? Wow. Kevin Bacon? The first one? I'll have to check that out. Um, I've seen Hollow Man. I'm trying to think. Uh, 
It just depends how long afterwards they made it. What did you say? 96. I said 97. So you've either got to go, so I, got no go 1993 right. or 2001 to win. There, there are some numbers in the comments that I don't know whether you want to look oh, at yeah. or not. And it was they, as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's very one of those different. That because it was so good, they didn't want to um they didn't want to rush the part two. And so I'm saying that they went <laughs> to, 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 to 2001. Is that the, the earliest? That was the four the other way, yeah. All right, let's go 2002 and then uh, okay. okay. 2002. I can reveal that Hollow Man 2, the classic as it is now, was released in 2006, which means you were four out. Rixie, you're on plus 15. Matt, you were nine out, so you go on to plus 17. And the winner of this week's we show is Rick English. That's, that's so undeserved. I'm <laughs> so embarrassed about that. You should be embarrassed, Matt. That was awesome. Um, but, and that was this week's anniversary spread. Thank you for Amazing. playing Rick English. We are going to get a league table together of some sorts with all the guest scores <laughs> against Matt's scores that he's had, so uh, everyone yeah. will be able to see it. But well, that brings us to the end. I know we've kind of overrun a bit this week, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Rick. And um, yeah, what, I mean, I, I want to say what's coming up, but I, I've, I've seen some of the films you've got coming up. You've got New Mission Impossible coming up. You've got, oh, I saw the trailer for it today, Craven the Hunter. I think you're in yeah. in that or in some form of that. Um, and Secret Invasion, which is going yeah, to be Disney. Secret Invasion was mm-hmm. a great um, Buzzing for that. Experience. All about the Marvel. Tonight, is it? Or tomorrow, uh, Secret Invasion. I'm I know it's sure. out soon, so Very I will soon, be watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and uh, obviously the, the, the Flash is in cinemas at the moment. Yes, well, yeah, I saw you was in that as well. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, Not I saw yet. it at the, at the cast and crew, and um, I, I really liked it, honestly. Um, you know, some people don't like superhero movies, but I thought it was a good uh, entertaining movie and mm. yeah, well worth well worth the watch. But yeah, all that stuff is is coming up. So hopefully you can keep going. And um, where can our listeners and our viewers find you and, and see your work and, and things like that, Rick? Um I tend to use um Instagram more than anything else. So mm-hmm. um at Rick Stunts R-I-C-K-S-T-U-N-T-S is um the best place to find me. And I'll try and put as much kind of stuff that people haven't seen before and behind the scenes and, and all that kind of stuff that as I can, you know, um, mm. uh, on there and, uh, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's best place to, to find me. I'll drop me a message or anything. If anyone wants to get in touch, I know we didn't have a chance to, to answer everybody's questions, but yeah, I'll definitely jump on another time. Um, if you guys come back and then just drop me a message and we'll, uh, we'll do it again. It's been fun. Brilliant. Well, Listen, stick around, Rick. We'll say goodbye to you once the show's gone up there to say goodbye properly. But thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight. If you are watching on the Rewind, as we said, get in touch with Rick. Go and follow his uh, Instagram um, page as well. And, um, yeah, check out his stuff. But um, until next week, which will be the penultimate episode of Season 13, um, thank you for joining us. Matt, have you got anything else to say or... Just uh, all the links I've uh, Rick, I put all the links in the, the description of all the audio streaming and the video. So yeah, they'll be able to find you on there as well. Great. Amazing. See you next time. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite service. 
Past and future episodes can be found on all major streaming platforms, including Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also contact James and Matt via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. They will return in the next This Week in Metropolis.